This is Living Proof Radio, May 2024. All of our full episodes are available on our Patreon with weekly drops, a Patreon-only radio show, and Living Proof magazine delivered to your house every issue, as well as our entire members-only library backlog. Patreon.com slash York. Yo, what is up, everybody? Today on the show, we got Lions NYC in the house. I'm super excited that he pulled up. Fernando is the man, and he recently did a collab with Lewis and Rare and Fine. It's a jewelry company coming out of New York, and their owner, Angela Lewison, is a third-generation New Yorker. She got really into jewelry from growing up, sifting through her grandmother's jewelry box in the, uh, in the Upper East Side, and she was raised by Brooklyn Bird Italians who expressed their religious beliefs with talismans and the necklaces they, w- they would wear and, you know, their style of jewelry. And she started her own jewelry company. And they got two lines, Lewis and Fine, which is a collection of limited designs handmade in New York City. And whenever possible, they use recycled materials from stones to recycled metals, diamonds. And with that, they reduce their environmental impact that they have on this world that we're all living in. And they also got Lewis and Rare, which is a curated selection of antique jewelry inspired by the deep, deep history that jewelry has on us as a species. You know, from Mexican silver to rare Georgian gold and all that. But Lyons did a collab with them. He designed an alphabet for them based off of his style of writing. And they spent a lot of time on the drawing board with these letters to make sure everything was on point and all the details were on point. So, you know, he designed them on paper, then they made them out of wax. They carved them out of wax before they got to their final form, which is the metal form. And the colors that they, they also made prints. They also made prints. They made a hundred prints and the colors that the prints were made out of, each letter had had its own color and it's from the OG traditional Rusto colors that, you know, his generation of writers would favor. Harbor blue, berry pink, summer squash. And they made a hundred of these prints on 300 GSM cold press watercolor paper super pigmented ink everything's on point they made necklaces rings earrings based off this font and a percentage of the proceeds will be going to free arts nyc that offer amazing art programs for the youth and it's a positive thing going down so definitely check that out at lewisandfine.com secondly blank slaps you already know the deal if you want some stuff from them put in the code angel and z when you order something and you'll get 10% off. They got stickers, eggshell stickers, won't be peeled off easily, very difficult to buff. They have markers, they got all the classic markers, uni paints, Sakuras, Markals, all that stuff. They got scribes, they got caps, so yeah, they're coming out of Brooklyn, New York, and the dude who runs it, he's mad cool, so definitely put in that code if you're going to buy something, and yeah, yo, hope you guys enjoy Lions NYC. Thank you so much for coming to the show, man. We really appreciate it. It was like raining today. I was worried if you were not going to be able to find parking or something crazy like that. I, I found it. I mean, I, uh, when I asked you and you said it might be a little difficult, I pretty much took the first spot. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to be here. Thank You're you. You're far away? No, just down on the corner. Sick, sick. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming out today, man. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, like we were talking before we started recording, what's uh, tell us what's happening with the studio. I know you got street dreams that you relative. When did you open that up? 
Um, so Street Dreams is my new private studio. It's uh, it's located in Bedsty. Um, that's the neighborhood that I live in. Um, so it's not too far from my place, which is convenient for me. Um, pretty much it developed out of COVID. Uh, I had been working at Flyrite for almost 10 years. And um, I've always been kind of contemplating doing something on my own, but I wasn't exactly sure how it was going to manifest. Um, and um, pretty much, you know, we were made to stop working in mid-March. So I took a really long break. I wasn't able to do anything until, you know, we were third phase, phase three. Mm. So, you know, after kind of just sitting there feeling like, I, you know, I was going to starve or something, I, I decided to be proactive and try to set this up. Mm. So what I did was, uh, you know, I um, Street Dreams has kind of been like this visionary thing that I've always been kind of like leaning towards for the past few years. I have a really weird like kind of burner Instagram account called Street Dreams NYC. Mm -hmm. It's basically like a like a mood board or like yeah, yeah. a lot of weird shit. I pretty much just like flood that feed with like whatever I like capture um kind of like my influences and like personal like uh like favorite imagery. So um so yeah, Street Dreams kind of is based on like the idea that we're all hoping to like make it bigger and like living in New York, you know, it is a, it is a hard life here. So, um, yeah, I just kind of, I just think, feel like I, it's just the vibe that I, that I'm feeling. And, uh, it sort of manifested naturally. I wasn't sure about like what I was going to call my project, but because I've had that, uh, that account going for a while and like my closest friends really like appreciate it and, uh, and kind of like understand me through the um through the uh the content i felt like it was just a natural thing and and right when i kind of like proposed it to a couple of close friends everybody was like yeah absolutely like that's a that's the name for you so yeah you call it a it's like a studio right but it's is, a it studio. A, is it supposed to be strictly a tattoo shop or how does it work so actually no my vision is that like uh this is now my like um studio space i've uh i've always wanted to start a studio practice but um you know, it's pretty daunting in New York considering that like we pay rent yeah. and, you know, trying to get a secondary space is just seems, you know, Unreal. like really un unobtainable. Mm -hmm. So um, I was on the cusp of uh, trying to start a studio practice for myself. Uh, when I was younger, I had studied painting in school mm -hmm. and um, I've been wanting to revisit that for a long time. But as you guys know, like we're in a rat race. So you know, all I primarily focus on is tattooing. Um, and uh, I now I have like a, a really beautiful like multi-use space that I can kind of like try to like branch out a little bit more and um, and kind of continue with like my vision a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I designed the space so it's like it's modular. So basically like everything at some point, if I decide I want to like make a sculpture in there, I can pretty much push the whole studio to one side of the room mm -hmm. and like do as I please. Is that how you feel right now in terms of tattoo shops being closed because of COVID? You you have time to kind of um, project your visions into like making them happen. Um. Yeah. You know what's funny is like uh, like going into this, I wasn't sure how it was gonna unfold for me, mm -hmm. but I had an immediate like 
like really huge response and uh i've been tattooing nonstop for months now so i'm super fortunate um i haven't had time to like really focus on creating any art at the moment but i know that like you know the way that life moves like we're gonna have like ups and downs and um i think uh the impact of covid kind of teaches us that like we need to appreciate the like slower moments and uh you know i don't know i kind of feel like i'm sort of addicted to working now and uh it's something i'm looking to find balance with um but i i appreciate the momentum i have so i don't want to like take my foot off the gas yeah absolutely and you know you're talking about the rat race and living in new york is tough it for people who don't live here they don't really maybe they just see the the glamour and or who they follow on instagram and Mm -hmm. they see what they see and they think it's all like fun and games but not the people like like you or people like a lot of the people we've had on our show you know they bust their ass to make the things happen for themselves they they're a lot of them are in a sense self-employed or they 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 do their own thing and you really gotta you really gotta go in to make shit like that work Mm -hmm. and it's no different for you and your and what you do and how did you, when you were, when, you know, you said you, this is something that you've had the Instagram for a minute and you've been uh, working on it. What did you like save up a little like section of money or right, here's, this is going to go to the studio or did it just kind of happen organically? It sort of just unfolded. I mean, it was like one of those things where it was kind of like a big leap of faith for me. Um, sort of like a sink or swim moment where I realized like, you know, I, the future is uncertain and I wanted to have more control of like the direction that I was going to be going in. So, um, it did require a lot, uh, like financially to get things off the ground. But at the same time, like when you start to invest in yourself, it really feels worth it. And, uh, I love what I do. Like I'm super passionate about tattooing and like my story and my artwork. So I'm always happy to like, just do what I like, mm-hmm. like put the money where my mouth is and sort of like do and do what I got to do to get things done. And uh, it's funny because we all work super hard here in New York. But at the same time, I'm fortunate enough to be doing something that I really care about. So it doesn't feel like work. It feels like like just like living a dream, you know. So, yeah, we were just talking about that before you came on, how I feel like working a nine to five that you truly don't have a passion in maybe. Um it's hard to find this drive that you feel that you're doing something you really enjoy. You feel like your days are very routine, very structured in a way where you're in, always in a rush, always mm-hmm. doing things under stress. So we respect people that have like a do-it-yourself mindset so much, man, especially in a city where it's very hard to come about and do these things because a big reason is the financial reason. You know, Things here cost so much money, so it's hard to make a project that will flourish because it's a huge risk in a way putting all the money you have into something but well i've learned a lot over these past few years i mean uh um kind of like uh you know these things are very cliche but like to reap a reward uh, a true like reward you do need to take a risk and uh not everything's gonna feel comfortable but i feel like um some of the big chances i've taken have have really like been worth it so you know that's definitely some advice to give to others especially younger people um you know it's hard to have the confidence to do it i mean we all struggle including myself so there's times when you know you're you're just not sure if if if, you know you're going the right way but Mm -hmm. i think if you just 
I don't know. I think if your intentions are pure, then like people sense that and it usually like works out for the best. Yeah. You say you wanted to have more control over your, over like your life and your situation, which is why you opened up the street dreams, which is weird to me because I feel like, I, you know, I'm not a tattooer. I don't know how that world works, but wouldn't you have less control? Because in this shop, if you're part of a sh- uh, an established shop already, you have like these people coming in, people know about the name, whereas you start your own thing, you lose all of that. How do you have more control now? Well, um, I mean, I'm at the point now where like, uh, um, I've been tattooing long enough that I'm fortunate to have a good client base. So, um, people are happy to come to me, uh, specifically for my work and I'm really proud and, and lucky. So, um, so in terms of like the, the control, basically, uh, I suppose it's, um, it's more like um, I can kind of determine the mood. I can sort of like set the stage mm-hmm. and uh, and I can kind of like decide like, you know, what I feel like doing that day or, you know, um, or not. Uh, so so to a certain degree, when you're working for someone else, um, you know, I'm ha- I'm always happy to try to like do the best I can for the for the team. Mm. So now I don't necessarily have to like worry about others and uh and um like I said investing in myself just feels right and and I ultimately kind of have the last say now. Mm. So uh, you know, I really have a lot of freedom is yeah. what is what ended up happening. I understand. Are you the only artist working there? Are you open to other people coming in and partnering up or working if someone wants to tattoo out a street dreams would you be open to that um yeah i actually have a second station so um at some point i'm uh i'm mostly gonna have guest artists coming um i have several close friends around the country that 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 do come and work with me from time to time over the years so from this point forward i'm sure they're gonna be there which will be really nice because i i mean i think the best thing about the studio is that um I'm working closely with a lot of other artists in terms of like my clientele and the whole conversation has changed. Now it's like, this is my workspace. What do you do? Tell me how you do things. And it's this kind of like brainstorm, you know, um, snow globe or something. It's really, it's really beautiful how it like actually sort of comes together. Um, you guys will see. I hope I would like you to come visit like yeah. soon as possible and yeah, get a sense of what is down. what's going on. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. on the on your Instagram. You don't have as many photos of the space. Is there any reason? Um, I think I, I think because it's a private studio, I want to maintain that um, that sense of privacy. I, I, uh, and um, I think I'm gonna slowly just kind of like leak imagery and like people will get a sense of it. I, I would like it to unfold naturally mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, if clients are in there and they're posting photos on their story, someone will get a glimpse of the space. And, and I think that's enticing. And, uh, and there's a bit of mystique, you know, surrounding tattooing. And I think there's a magic uh, that's involved. So this is just sort of in my way of like contributing to that. Yeah. Over time, you've built such a you've built a reputation for yourself that a lot of people find appealing, you know, like your style, the, you know, the person who you are, your connections to graffiti. I feel a lot of people would be very interested in what you're doing right now with this project, this new shop that you're in. You know, we're very, I think, I would personally want to visit, honestly, and even get yeah, like, tattooed, if anything. You know? <laughs> Dude, you, yeah, you guys are welcome anytime. <laughs> I mean, it's really cool. Uh, it's appointment only. So um, it's 
it's interesting because of the privacy and the fact that like we're in COVID, you know, I'm trying to minimize traffic. So it's basically like a one-on-one situation for every appointment. Um, and I'm making time to like have friends come through, like just trying to schedule it. Like my life is way more like organized now at this point. And, um, but but like I said, like it just everything just feels like great right now. So, so. you opened it during COVID. During COVID, yeah. I basically I started the build out. Um, shit, I don't know. April, May, June. I I think so. June, I made the decision to take the space, which felt totally insane. Signing a fucking lease in the middle of a pandemic. Was when did like, when did everything close again? I don't remember. March. It's March. Yeah. So like I sat for months. You know what I mean? Like kind of unsure. Um, I went to see several studio spaces, like kind of like, you know, shopping for Mm -hmm. like the, the, the ideal location. I had a vision as far as like what I hoped for. And I pretty much like fell right into it. Um, you know, it's tough being an artist here. And now I understand like a new level of like people struggle. Um, there's a lot of them that, you know, people that we know that are working in like small, super small studios that are like you know, very expensive. And like, Mm -hmm. I think I hit the middle ground. I was able to get like a a really nice space with like huge windows. And, uh, it's in like a, it's in like a very like private building close to my Mm -hmm. home. So like, it's kind of, it's like the best, like really good case. Both worlds. Yeah. Just kind of like really worked out. Um, I feel like I kind of had like a sense of where I wanted it to be. And, um, I had no real leads on the space. I literally one day was just driving, pulled my car over, got out and went into the building and was like, yo, what do you guys have? And they were like, here it is. So the first space I saw was the space that I took. And uh, like I said, I had been like looking at other shit like through Craigslist and different listing sites. And I was looking at like crazy spaces that were nasty. They were like partitioned with like, you know like no window and they were like 100 square feet for like 700 bucks shit was ill so i was like nah i can't do i can't do this well you're talking about risk and it's funny when you do it yourself you take a risk like we said but i feel like you took a risk that is not very common because in terms of this pandemic a lot of people lost their businesses a lot of people got mm-hmm. run out a lot of people lose lost so much money you know lost a lot of what they've and been the working last on thing on people's mind would be yeah, to open one up to open one yeah. sounds insane <laughs> yeah it felt insane honestly and like i said i mean i and i contemplated like doing a storefront you know i have uh i have a large collection of like vintage flash and i had all the, everything to fill the space out i just was kind of like i'm really happy with my choice because um my clients seem to really appreciate it and feel like very comfortable too mm-hmm. with a more private situation. So yeah, like things are uncertain and uh, I kind of went down the middle road and, and and it seems to be a good choice. So. Yeah. If somebody wants to hit you up for an appointment, do you just DM you? Yeah, I'm exce- uh, basically I encourage people to DM me through my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am happy to have people email me. A lot of times too is that like you had mentioned earlier, I'm not, I'm no longer at a storefront, so I don't get the foot traffic that I had gotten in the past, um, which was a good amount of my like bread and butter, you know, tattooing walk-ins and meeting new people, mm-hmm. but everything's kind of changed and we're communicating differently yeah. now. So I actually feel like a huge up, uptick rather than necessarily a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do tell my clients like directly, like, Hey, you know, I'm on my own now. Like, 
this is word of mouth. If you guys got friends that want to get tattooed and, you know, like my work, please send them my number, mm-hmm. send them my Instagram, like ha- contact me directly. Like I'm an open book. So, you know, I do what I can. Yeah. It's really about, it's really just about adapting to what's going on right now. And, and every moment you got to just be adapting. We're living in a place where things are shifting every day, regardless yeah. of this COVID, no COVID, things are always changing. And as someone who's, who's self-employed now, you got to really be on point with all that. And like, I think out of COVID, you know, a lot of things are changing and people's mentalities change. You started this thing up in COVID. We started this thing up in COVID yeah, cool. because of it. And like, you know, it, like COVID, yeah, it's terrible. But out of out of these things, some good things can flourish, such as like, I can only imagine how, how amazing it is to have your own space. Like, I would I would feel thrilled. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's exhilarating. Like, honestly, like exactly what you said. Uh, I don't think I would have necessarily taken this leap the way that I have had we not been thrusted into this situation and uh um you know I've had some major ups and downs like we all have this shit is not easy we really had a lot to deal with during this and um yeah I uh I do think there's a silver lining though I would like to believe that we're gonna come out of this like a better society um I mean I think it's a long road though like straight up I think we got like several years of dealing with this right yeah. now so i'm trying to live like moment to moment rather than like always like uh looking to the future or you know i i spent a lot of my life like like living in the past at times which i realize is not very healthy so you know i'm working hard on like mm-hmm. appreciating like what we got and kind of like try to enjoy yourself because uh you know you never know so yeah absolutely we got we all we have is just this moment right now and we don't realize how finite life really is and how finite our time really is we yeah. seem like oh i'm this age i got a bajillion years in front of me that's mm-hmm. gonna be forever <laughs> but you don't really don't know even even if you do have let's say what best case scenario live until you're like 100 or something like if you put down like in a chart the weeks it's not as much and that doesn't only apply to you, but it applies to your friends, your loved ones. Sure. And you don't know when these people who are right here so close to you that seem so permanent yeah. because they've been around for so long and you've shared so many moments. Yeah. Any moment they could just be out out of things that are just outside of everybody's control. And like yeah. like we were talking before with the passing of your friends like Zexer and Acne, mm-hmm. you've been dealing with it and it's, it's, it's hard to deal with. And I, I was actually right before you got here, I was just lurking on your Instagram and I saw a post that you made. There's a few pictures of uh, some acne and Zexer stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just, the caption was along the lines of just really just tell your friends and and show your friends and show your loved ones that you appreciate them now because you get into a little stupid fight in the moment and you don't know if you're going to see them again. You don't yeah, know what no. what is going to happen and it could all really change quick. Yeah, it's true. I mean, uh, you know, the, the situation with Zex and acne have been like really challenging for me. So... Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed my perspective quite a bit. Um, I mean, truthfully, the situation with uh, with Josh is like we weren't as close as we used to be, like around his passing. Um, he's been a close friend of mine for years. He was like one of my main uh, bombing partners, like uh, my early years of living here in New York. And uh, he's been family, you know, ever since. So. But, you know, the last couple of years, uh, we remained friends. We were in contact, um, but I just didn't see him as often as I wish, you know, and these things happen. And, 
you know, looking back now, I wish I would have like spent more time with him and like made more efforts. But, you know, like we were both in this time and our lives are, uh, you know, there's a pivotal point, like kind of like in your 30s where like you're just making, you know, I was working really hard on my career and so was he. And we were just kind of like, you know, we just didn't make enough time to see each other. But we reached out and, you know, he knows that I love him and care about him. So he's he will you know he'll, he will always be in my thoughts mm-hmm. um as far as zex like that really fucked me up that was that was heavy for all of us like everyone in new york like felt it um he was like a little brother to me he was truly like family him and i had a really interesting connection um we met when he was quite young i i don't even remember the like i'm not good at remembering like timeline shit it's just it's just not my nature but him and I have been friends for quite some time. And one of the reasons why we bonded was because uh, his father was living in Buffalo, New York for, for, for a little while. Um, obviously there, his dad's originally from Brooklyn or, you know, and uh, I don't know exactly why he was in Buffalo, but he was there for, I don't know, for a couple of years. And he was a pretty prominent and active graffiti writer in the beginning of my career. So I was very familiar with his work um, and, uh, I really looked up to him style wise. So like one of the first things that, uh, Matt and I bonded over was like the fact that like, I really looked up to his dad and, you know, he did too. He lost his dad at a young age. Um, uh, I lost my father at a young age. So like, we just kind of like, you know, it just brought us closer together. So, um, him and I had a really beautiful relationship. We, it, there was a lot of like, uh, like back and forth, like, you know, I did my best to mentor him in a lot of ways. I was always there for him no matter what. And uh, he was actually an amazing friend too because he was so intelligent and really insightful. So like if I ever had like ideas or doubts or like anything, I could bounce these things off of him and he would always give me like a great answer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, his closest friends know that about him. Like his instinct is insane. Like he can really sense like what's really going on just from like, it's like a second nature kind of thing. Um, but actually I was thinking about this a couple of days ago. I mean, shit, I wish he could see me in the studio now. He would be so proud. Mm-hmm. He would be telling the world for me, you know? And, uh, you know, I am proud of it in, in a lot of ways, uh, especially because I know he would be happy for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, like, you know, that was so tragic and sudden and like really mysterious also. So like, uh, there's like, uh, there's just this sense of loss, but I feel much better about Matthew in a weird way because him and I were so close up until the very end that there was never any like gray area or you know, tying that he, that we didn't know that we appreciate one another. Mm -hmm. He was super uh, emotional and like vocal with not only me, but all his closest friends, like telling them how much he cares. And like that stuff like means everything, you know, like, so, you know, I think of him all the time. uh, But also like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to like put into words, but yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, really, all of us are just finite. Even if, if we pass now, we pass 10 years or in 100 years. And mm-hmm. all like like I was saying before, all we have all we have is the right now. So 
it's good that you, you and him, you know, he's left with a lot of energy and a lot of like, uh, I feel like sometimes someone will come across you in your life and when they leave, you have so much, like it gives you like this like fuel mm. to, to really keep, continue going. I have some certain people in my life that whenever I'm undergoing any type of struggle, I'll just remember these certain instances and instantly I'll just be filled with like, I need to, like, yeah. this is going to go down and it'll just fuel me in a ton of different ways. And it's like their energy is still reaching you, even if they're no longer here. And, you know, it sucks that, that things happen the way they do, but it's like, what can we ask for? You know, it's like, we're all, we're all finna and all you can, you can just be like, be grateful that you have people that you have been able to touch you in this way. Not mm -hmm. everybody does. You know what I mean? Um, like, do you think that the passing of these people has left, has, has left you with that sort of like some sort of like energy inside of you that helps you overcome certain instances? Or do you like, was there like a serious depression phase? How did it go? Um, I mean, the grieving process is really strange. Uh, you know, like I had mentioned to you guys, I lost my dad when I was quite young. So um, my like teens and 20s were like really up and down. I think that it could take anywhere from a lifetime to like a few weeks, you know, or months or something. So I, I think every situation is different. Um, um, I think uh, the thing with Matthew is like, a, you know, it was a really big shock immediately. So like I did a lot of like kind of digging deep, like right off the bat. And uh, and I think you're right. It is a driving force. Um I do have some comfort in the fact that, like, I know he's there for me and he has my back, and he always has. So, um, so you know, it's a nice thing to fall back on mm -hmm. to have those ideas, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, we had talked earlier as well about this being a rat race. So you do need motivation from time to time. You do need some, like, kind of, like, like bursts in your life to like keep us moving forward because um you can burn out and uh it was crazy actually the initial setup of my studio was like quite challenging like during covid waiting for fucking packages every single day trying to get help from all my friends with like little menial tasks um speaking to my mentors and like you know trying to hope hoping for approval uh I, you know, I didn't reach any like major hurdles other than like just the like the annoying um, kind of like time restrictions that we deal with during the COVID. And mm -hmm. so it did it was quite taxing. Initially, I, I really worked myself to the bone, but then I took some time and took a nice break and I'm quite refreshed, like and feel much better than ever. So because of the fact that a pretty good amount of graph writers are known to pass when they're younger. Mm -hmm. Do you have any resentment or any kind of negative feelings towards the just, I wouldn't say the graph scene, but just graph as a whole as like a thing that like, what, you know, there's no way around it. It comes with a lot of negative things that affect people's lives in a lot of negative ways. Mm -hmm. Also has a lot of positive to it. But do you feel, do you ever feel like, yo, what, like, why did this have to go down like this? Yeah, I mean, it's something I thought a lot about. It's a really crazy, um, I don't really know how to describe it. Uh, it's just like, it's a crazy lifestyle, you know, like, we're living pretty ill life. And uh, yeah, a lot of writers take big risks, you know, to try to like, uh, stay motivated or, or just, you know, 
we're just living pretty wild. So yeah, there's, there's, there's some ups and downs. Um, excuse me. I, I technically, um, I, I'm so grateful for my graffiti experience though, because, um, most of my closest friends are writers. Uh, and, um, like I really, uh, other than, you know, watching a lot of writers pass like quite often is pretty difficult to see um so there is kind of like a undercurrent that's like hard to explain but um i overall have a positive relationship with graffiti um but i tend to kind of operate as like a as like a lone wolf um now uh probably based around the fact that you know it is kind of like a crazy like lifestyle and uh i'm really working hard to stay on like a positive track um especially because i feel like my general optimism has like helped me get beyond a lot of difficult situations Mm -hmm. so um you know during this time period of COVID, like we definitely have to like make some big choices. Uh, is, is this serving you or is it hindering you in some way? And, you know, I think making some proper edits mm-hmm. is, uh, it, is a good way to like, kind of like look at life. Um, but I have a really tight knit, like graffiti family, like these people are like, uh, you know, I, you know, I owe them a lot. And I also, I'm like, really grateful to call like a lot of a lot of writers like my close friends so so yeah i mean i've i've had time periods where i felt like graffiti was very toxic and it's not about like the actual like art of making graffiti it's more like the lifestyle choices that we all like deal with including like drug use and like you know just general kind of like wild choices Mm -hmm. yeah i think yeah like you're right that coronavirus if anything they i think it showed a lot of people that they have to kind of slow down take a step back and reevaluate what they're doing with their lives like Mm -hmm. i said before working a nine to five you get so caught up in that routine you know that hustle and bustle you don't focus on yourself you're so busy pleasing a corporation pleasing your boss Mm -hmm. getting a paycheck you know focusing on your kids it's hard to take a step back and figure out what's good for you and people i feel like are kind of looking at their health now trying to see you know, focus on things that they haven't haven't done before. You know, yeah. And what I found amazing with how you incorp with your tattooing is that when this did happen with your friends, they passed away. I seen that a lot of people came to you to do those tribute pieces. Yeah. You were like, it's amazing to see that all these people came to you and knowing that you're a close friend of theirs. How yeah. does that feel just to apply tattooing, something you've been doing for so long, to something so personal as such as the passing of your friends? You know. I mean, it's an amazing honor, like being able to tattoo like uh, like close friends and family of like my friends that have passed. Um, like, you know, it it's part of the healing process. Maybe that's something that helped all of us. You know, like you would ask me, like, how long does it take? Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm still going through it. But at the same time, like um, you do get to share stories and like. And the fact that like a lot of people look towards me for for these things is like, I can't I can't say how grateful I am. It's truly like a biggest honor, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so so yeah. yeah it's strange how when someone passes, like you said, it could take weeks or years. Because I lost my father too when I was mm-hmm. seven years old. 
and yeah maybe i don't cry every night you know because mm-hmm. it's been such a long time but it's strange when i do think about it 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 has affected my life in a w- one way or another you know like certain events were different because i didn't have my father or like mm. i came up a different way but i feel like in a way it was all meant to be to experience this and become the person who i am you know yeah and it's it's crazy to think of these things because like we have so many friends so many acquaintances but at the end of the night we're alone with our thoughts so we take on these experiences very personally you know it's very important to accept these things and think them through and not deny them because if you gather all this thing and make all the noise like cloud your mind and not accept what's going on you know people that's how you know it's not a good thing, I feel. Yeah, I mean, suppression is is not going to do much for us. But, you know, I can't deny that I haven't done that as well, of you course. know. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, I was thinking of something that you mentioned earlier, too. I don't want anyone to feel bad about working a nine-to-five either. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something we all have to do to get by. And if that's your path right now, like, mm-hmm. consider it like a means to an end because, um you know, you, you, you're fortunate, not you necessarily, but that whoever is doing this is fortunate enough to have the opportunity to survive, which is something that a lot of people are struggling with. So like, yeah, I can imagine, I mean, I've been lucky. I I really haven't had to do anything like that. You know, I've, I've pretty much been a working artist for about 15, 20 years now, which is kind of a phenomenal thing to realize. I, I remember it was sort of an epiphany moment when I realized that like, I'm living in New York City, surviving, thriving off of making art, tattooing, um, doing commissions, do, you know, doing little side jobs, like whatever comes my way, like making choices based on this. And like the realization that like, you know, um, being a tattooer, um, you know, I consider myself an artist, like first and foremost. So like, it's just my currency which is which is pretty amazing like freedom that is that is amazing and yeah you know you you you're dealing with things in a positive way i was wondering if there was any period of your life where you weren't doing that and you were really on a negative trajectory i mean yeah of course um you know i've struggled with depression throughout my life like you know the grieving process of like losing my father at a young age like you know i've done a lot of lashing out and like crazy shit like kind of which i realize stems from a lot of that and I don't really have advice for anyone because like I'm not even sure how I ended up kind of like manifesting through that stuff. But, uh, um, but as far as, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought a little bit. Um, just asking you about like if the point where you were at a negative in your life. So yeah, I have had some negative time periods, you know, um, you know, um, there's been a lot of drug use like, like in my life and like with the people around me. And, uh, you know, I, I try to like, uh, to see these experiences as a, a way to learn and grow. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there's positive aspects to this stuff too. You know, uh, I recently had a conversation with a close friend and we were talking about, you know, dark periods and darkness and, you know, the duality sort of idea and the fact that, like, you can't experience, like, like hyper-positive moments without yes. having, like, you know, some yeah. some moments in, in, you know, in obscurity, I suppose. So, uh, 
So, yeah, I mean, we've all had some major ups and downs. I mean, we've been through it. I've been through it all. Relationship issues, um, stuff with, like, uh, close friends and, you know, like, um, so, you know, life's a long road and uh, I've seen a lot. How did you get into graph? Graffiti, uh, I... uh, You got into it in Buffalo, right? Yeah, I started writing in Buffalo. I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Um, I've been living in Brooklyn for the past 19 years. Um, And uh, when I was in Buffalo as a kid, I I remember this quite well, actually. I mentioned this in other interviews, too. Um, The year that spray can art came out, um, I was gifted that as a Christmas gift. Uh, My mother was a teacher. Uh, for the Buffalo Public Schools, and uh, she was really sweet and supportive. She is still very sweet and supportive. So, like, you know, I don't think she realized, like, the can of worms she opened by, like, <laughs> by, like giving me that gift. But it so, cha- so you didn't write at the time? <laughs> no, I was a kid. Okay. I mean, the book came out, I think, when I was eight years old. That's when I got it. Okay. So, like, that was just, like... I had been drawing. I was really into comic books. I was into like cartoons and like illustration. And I, I, I've been drawing and painting my whole life. So when I got that book, it just kind of like was this like mind altering moment where like I realized that this was possible. And like, and then I don't think I stopped exploring these ideas mm-hmm. like ever since. Um, I didn't start writing graffiti until. I think the like late nineties, mid nineties, late nineties, I started dabbling, um, in Buffalo. I, uh, I fucked around with just like spray painting, like side of the garage and the back in some alley in the neighborhood and like some like cutty little spots in the woods, like whatever I could find, I would like go, you know, we were doing that. And then, um, I don't, I don't think I really started focusing on graffiti uh as much as when i moved to san francisco mm. so i uh i went to san francisco right out of high school i was fortunate the reason why i ended up going there was because growing up uh my mother's best friend lived in san francisco so that was like a place that we had visited a handful of times and uh i fell in love with the city like it was one of my like first dreams was to like move there really so yeah my first opportunity i like I remember just like trying to find a college to go to. My mother was really supportive. She really encouraged me to like, you know, pursue higher education. So she was with it. And like, basically she, she helped me the best she could to like get in over there. And, and uh, yeah, I went to school out there and and that was like a pivotal moment. You know, I started seeing like good graffiti there. Um, At the time there were like a lot of, there was a lot of crossover that was incredible. Like San Francisco had an amazing scene. This was 97. Um, and uh, there were a lot of New York writers and like world traveling writers like passing through. I think it was kind of like, a, you know, looking back, I had like a really amazing moment. And mm-hmm. I got to see the tail end of that. So how does it feel to look at the scene now in San Francisco? Because... Yeah, I, I only I only can picture <laughs> yeah. it as if it was New York City. Like I would think, 
how does New York, like imagine New York City just got completely buffed, no graffiti at all. I would be like, that's crazy. It would almost, I would want to move right away. Like, yeah, it, it would just it. feel like a very unnatural place <laughs> because it just loses its touch of, you know, sanity in a way. You know? yeah, how did that happen? Yeah. You know, I, I don't really know. I mean, I was lucky enough to kind of like, I spent, I spent about four years there and then like, I came back to Buffalo for a short period of time and then I, I then I moved to New York. So, um, so I didn't really see the ultimate decline, but I was so in love with that city that I was actually visiting quite frequently and I watched it kind of deteriorate that way, but I didn't, I, I don't have an answer. I think it just got really square. It yeah. just, I mean, the tech shit happened. That was well after yeah. I was there. Um, it just got kind of like corporate, like whitewashed. And uh, it did feel like a really special, like cool, creative city. And it felt like very similar to what I envisioned New York w would be like. Um, but I think it's a different energy. So um, they just weren't able to like keep that vibe. And and the graffiti quality in San Francisco like really plummeted. Like yeah. these kids, I think maybe it was, I think that, I think this, the lack of style in terms of development actually happened because probably because of the buff. Mm. I would like to theorize that, you know, the graffiti felt less precious because it was probably like getting taken out at such a rapid pace that these kids didn't try to even hone the craft. So they were just fucking around scribbling on shit. So that just seems like what happened. But to be honest, like, I sort of left that, let that go, you know, on my San Francisco experience. Um, it was very formative for me, um, you know, going there right out of high school. But, uh, and I was, I felt very like married to that city for a long time. I was very loyal. But then once I came to New York, like everything changed. This, you know, was where I was meant to be. And like, it was a nice what transition. What made you come from uh, SF to New York? Well, basically, I, I, I uh, when I finished school, uh, I was in Buffalo for a small amount of time, and, and I just was craving that big city life. You know, San Francisco was very, like, uh, like uh, adventurous and, and exciting, and, and there's a big city energy there that, like... Uh, that like I really that I really craved, so New York just seemed to be the next direction for me. Um, interesting, uh, interestingly enough, I I, uh, I didn't come to New York often when I was a kid. Uh, we had no ties here, my family, so there was no real reason. You know, my mother as a single mother, she wasn't dragging two two boys to New York City. I think it was a pretty like difficult task. Um, we've we've come through the area, but I didn't start visiting New York until. Uh, I came a couple times on my own when I was around 18. And then, uh, you know, living in San Francisco, I had to kind of like started to relate the city life to what I envisioned it must be like in New York. And uh, the, in the dream kind of evolved from there. Mm -hmm. uh, when you moved out of Buffalo to go to SF, how was the Buffalo scene? Because you're saying that in SF there was a high quality graph. And I've never, like I said, I've never been to Buffalo, but I know some pretty good writers have come out of there. Yeah, Buffalo's interesting. Um, I think that uh, it, Buffalo doesn't have a super strong history. Uh, the writers that we were able to look up to were like uh, predominantly like Puerto Rican kids that had like ties to Brooklyn, uh, including like Matthew's father and like his friends, who we later became friends with. So um, Buffalo is one of those 
interesting cities. I mean, it's quite old fashioned. It's very segregated. It's it's a, it's almost quadrants. Um, I uh, I lived in Buffalo in the city of Buffalo until I was 13, and then my mother moved us out to the suburbs. She was able to get a house for us, so that we were really fortunate for that. The, uh, you know, so I've seen Buffalo kind of like you know, really struggle. It's a very poor city. Um, it's, uh, it, it's just, uh, the economy is just awful. So like, um, I feel like a lot of the people in Buffalo, there wasn't that much graffiti, um, at the time because I think like kids weren't comfortable with like, they weren't traveling very often and getting like outside influence. And, uh, the graffiti that developed there was was quite strong, but I think the original roots are actually most likely from New York. Mm. So um, um, there wasn't too much happening when I came from Buffalo to SF. I wasn't that um, familiar with like there 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 wasn't enough of a history there to like to give me a gauge of what of what's good necessarily. Mm. I had a good sense of like tagging and throwups from like the, the kids that I admire from Buffalo, but. Um, but there's just not wasn't much happening. Also in Buffalo, I was really lucky to have uh, trains around me. It's a huge mm. like industrial city, so there's just m- mad train yards and freight trains. So one of the ways that we became familiar with graffiti when I you know when I was first starting to get interested was just looking at the trains. So we would make efforts to like watch the trains, bench the trains, start to photograph the trains. I was always looking for like New York shit. I was always looking for like anything good. And so it's crazy what you can see on those freights, man. You walk in somewhere and you're like, yeah. yo, this dude's what, man? Yeah, it's phenomenal. It's insane. Yeah, they're like, it's like a message in a bottle. Yeah, you it's, know? it's it's really crazy. But uh, so back on the Buffalo thing, um, you know, in, in one of the attacks, in, in, I think the only attack interview, he, he speaks on you and how you mentored him and stuff like that. How did you meet him and how did that unfold? Um, yeah, attack is a, like a close friend, obviously. He's like family to me. And uh, we met, um, I think, pr- in a pretty natural way. He was kind of like a younger version of, of myself to some degree, very eager and like hungry for information. And... Uh, kind of like Buffalo such a small city that like when you cross paths like you're able to make those connections so so I'm not exactly sure how we met I'm sure he remembers um because he's like sharp as a whip but like um but yeah like I uh I've been really fortunate to watch his career flourish and like him and her are like two of like my favorite writers and two of my favorites too yeah and I'm lucky you know throwy is yo insane i mean these kids really honed in their craft they're they're so focused on like their their work and they're so knowledgeable about like their influences it's just really impressive they're really sharp man their their graph is very unique very sharp and um just i remember i was driving from uh, somewhere like on a highway i was not in new york and um i had like a stomach ache and i'm like yo so i stopped by uh, a random rest stop to use the bathroom and I'm like in the stall and I'm like literally dying. And I look oh over my to my God. left and there's the illest attack scribe. And yeah. I look at it and like the haze of me dying. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, this is ill. And then I just like, I, I looked at it and now every time I walk into a stall in my mind, I'm like, there's going to be, there's going to be. Dude, there. he's a scribe king. Bro, I mean, for real, like he's a, he's like a, he's traveled the country like countless times. I mean. He's so driven, and so and I'm so impressed with like 
uh, the dedication. Um, but yeah, and I, I knew exactly what you were going to say. I mean, you can go into any rest stop from here to Seattle and you're going to see an attack. The, the, his style <laughs> with the sharp A, yeah, it's like, so, yeah. nobody does, nobody does yeah, that. It's very unique. Yeah. yeah. He, he really developed his own thing. And actually I think that is the beauty of Buffalo because like we said, the, there wasn't necessarily like a super rich history other than the small pocket of writers who we like, who we admire to this day. Um, so I think like attack, just he really ran with uh with with his uh feelings and just and just developed this really special like cool like thing you know they go hard in buffalo if you get caught right i remember seeing some story a minute ago on hertz uh graham about him getting booked or something really deep something crazy that they went in was that in buffalo um actually he yeah he his story is phenomenal i mean you guys should contact him actually yeah, and definitely. do it and do a talk with him because he has a lot to say. Um, I don't want to say too much about it because okay. I don't know the ins and outs. Um, but like, yeah, he got in trouble and he's been dealing with the legal system um, to this day. Um, he uh, it's really unfortunate. Um, and I'm not sure how it all happened for him, but it wasn't in Buffalo. He got he got in trouble in Pittsburgh in pennsylvania and they made basically made an example of him and uh yeah it, i mean he's been he's been dealing with this for quite some time now and it's really a phenomenal story mm -hmm. and i think he needs to tell it on a larger scale so that you guys can like spread the word because it is about like you know basic rights and like yeah. kind of awareness of like you know it really is uh, would you say poignant to like the current situation? Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that like, you know, we're dealing with this like battle with like law enforcement yes. and shit like that. So it's, it, you'll, when you guys get the chance, I'll put you in touch. I'm sure he would love to share his story because he needs support. And, uh, and I really care for him. And it, it, yeah, the people got to unite, bro. The people yeah. got to like, you know, there's probably, he, he, that dude at least has like, a lot of people who are gassed on his stuff, they could have, if everyone just donates even just two dollars if he has legal issues or something. If there's like you know ten thousand people, that's twenty thousand dollars. It could be a big difference with just each little each individual doing their doing their a very small portion of, of what they may have. But um, I was gonna ask you, have you ever thought about moving out of New York? I know that you love the city and this is a place where you've built a lot of the stuff that that you know everything you that you have you've kind of built from. From the ground up, your mm. from your from your reputation, your graph, a big part of it is because in New York, if you had done that somewhere else, it wouldn't have been the same effect as if you do it in New York yeah. for, for every writer. And then, um, you know, street dreams. Needless to say, you ever thought about leaving the city in the future? Um, you know, I've had. We all deal with the, our moments. I'm sure. Like, what the fuck am I doing <laughs> here? This is insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially during this time period, you know. Um, but also, I feel like uh, weathering the storm, like you come out like a stronger person. Um, I have a lot of love for New York City. New York has done so much for me. It's done everything for me. Um, I've, I've just had unlimited support and like potential. And uh, the, the amount of like exposure and reach you're able to obtain just by being in proximity and uh, the contacts and relationships we have here is just like priceless. There's, there's no way to like ever uh recreate that in any other place so um you know i don't know man it's one of those things where it's like 
you know, do I want to like, you know, die an old man here, like fucking renting like a little apartment, like for a million dollars, like I'd rather not, you know, but, um, I have some dreams, you know, um, I'd like to stay in this region. Um, you know, there were some times when I thought about moving to other countries, uh, I fell in love with Paris for a while. Yo, that place is amazing, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's very similar to New York, though. It's very similar. It's very similar energy mm -hmm. in terms of, like, the way people operate. Um, and uh, I considered living there for a while. But I think I might have gotten it out of my system. I went, I was going twice a year for, like, 10 years. I went, uh, so. I went like, three, four summers in a row. But I haven't been for, like, a year Dude. and a half. It's freedom. It's free. It's, yes. I mean, Paris is changing, though, too. You know, the world is changing. Mm -hmm. So, like... Um, it's beautiful to see that like we're making a big shift and uh, I think some of the like things that we really appreciate about New York are going to like come through and the cream will rise to the top type of shit. Mm. Um, I considered Mexico City. I know you were, you were there not that long ago, right? Yeah, I was there last year. Um, um, I've been going since I was a kid. Mm. Uh, my father is Mexican and um, so half of my family lives in mexico so i make big efforts to like to go down there as often as possible because i i uh i feel like it's a big part of my story and my identity and uh i really uh, mexico city is like a world-class city um it's crazy because i remember like even in the 90s like people weren't really visiting very frequently it was still considered super dangerous mm -hmm. um our parents generation though like like spent a lot of time going down there excuse me at least like bohemian you know people that were like exploring and like interested in the arts it's just been a cultural mecca for thousands of years so um so i i have a dream to live there like i don't know if it will happen uh now i'm kind of envisioning maybe splitting my time at some point like Maybe do like three months in Mexico every year and and try to like come back and forth because it's easier than ever with like internet as like your main form of yeah. communication yeah. and we have such a large friend network that like you know I'm pretty comfortable traveling the world at this point and uh, I would like to get back to that but who knows what the fuck it was, it's honestly beautiful man the 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 network that you have now with with the cell phone the people you can meet the people you can connect with. It's amazing, man, especially living yeah. in New York. You know, there's a lot of downsides to living in New York, but there's a lot of upsides. And we could do stuff like this. You could do street dreams that, yeah. you know, like Claw can do her thing or yeah. like Just can do his thing. Yeah. You can't do that in other places, man. You Like there are places you could do it, but I'm saying like the majority of America, there's little pockets. But in other places, it'll be very, very difficult for you to, to take it to the level that these people have taken what they've what they've done. For sure. You know what I mean? It's it's really crazy. I, I asked you because... um. I always ask a lot of people that who live yeah. in who live here because it's always kind of like the same thing. Like, yeah, but no. And I have like you've traveled a lot, right? Yeah, I've been lucky. I, I, I've gone to Europe several times and I've explored Mexico pretty thoroughly. Um, and I've been to like South America. But um, yeah, I mean, travel is a big part of my experience. And uh, and um yeah, this is a perfect uh, launch pad, you know, being located in New York, you can always kind of like go anywhere since we're like the central hub. Mm -hmm. It, you know, um, it's, it's, I can't imagine like letting go of that. So yeah. we talk a lot about 
you know moving out or we fantasize about how it would be to move somewhere else yeah but it's thanks to new york we could do things like this like we literally have like 30 guests within a three-month period and that's thanks wow. to new york city you know I mean? yeah. if we were out in north carolina or <laughs> be in, screwed, in the cut of <laughs> somewhere yeah. else like maybe we could over zoom but it's all of them as, would be yeah, over zoom yeah so it's it's but there's um you know doing this in person is a lot more beneficial you know it's more natural but I was going to ask you, you've lived in Brooklyn for 19 years, you said. Mm -hmm. right? What kind of changes have you seen? Because we talked about earlier how San Francisco, the graffiti scene pretty much got like wiped out. Do you see that happening in New York City? Because, yeah, it seems like it's not because people are pretty active. But when you really think about it, it's pretty possible. It they possible. have the money. They have the equipment. I was just talking to my friend Nairo. Dude, like before when you would hit high spots, like that shit would run for a minute. Yeah. Now they have all these booms, all these like cars that pull up and they have like a lift on them. Sure. And they just clean everything and they have the money to do it. So do you think it's a possibility, especially with all this gentrification, all these new buildings coming up? They have the money. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I think anything is possible. I When I first moved to New York, there was a good amount of graffiti, actually. Uh, I was able to witness a large amount of stuff like relics still kind of floating around from like the 90s and like early 2000s um so i'm really lucky to have witnessed a lot of that as well as participated in that um but at the same time I, i've also seen new york i've seen new york kind of get buffed man i've seen like several waves now where like it wasn't that interesting and there wasn't that much happening that, you know, they were cleaning shit quickly um, with those, well, like you said, with those like vans and shit, they're, they're going around like, like look at Manhattan. Like there was a time when like every gate was filled in and you know what though, we're getting back to that. That's what it's actually starting to look like right now. It's looking sweet, you know, but, um, but I don't know if it's just a, because of circumstance, like, like you said, we have the, the means, but I don't know about now. Yeah. I mean, financially, like we're struggling. Like, the, true. so I think we could have like a little golden moment where, like, I think right now there's a lot of great things happening and a lot of like young writers that I really admire. So it's cool to see like people putting in work and, and going in. Yeah, so. I'm from South Brooklyn and I see streets that I would never in a million years think those gates would get hit, and now yeah. they're all filled up. There's no space yeah. on any of the gates, yeah. so it's it's pretty sick to see. You know? No, it's really dope. Manhattan is super filled in right now like downtown is getting there it's it's awesome i think the next step for kids is like start expanding going yeah. up back up into midtown and like kind of like yeah. moving mm -hmm. moving around because these little pockets they kind of grow you know mm -hmm. um as far as like what i witnessed in brooklyn uh i've always lived between like downtown brooklyn and and bed mm -hmm. in that little zone that's like kind of like where where i feel most comfortable and like I'm proud to like you know call my home now uh but yeah man I, I seen a lot of crazy shit i seen like you know ups and downs like i've seen these high rises get built and i've seen them like sit vacant yeah you know i've seen like neighborhoods look like they're gonna turn over but like yo now we're starting to see like things yeah. are kind of like going back to something 100%. you know um i think like the greed has like yeah. kind of like caught up with itself and i'd like to believe that like in due time there will be a balance you know or slightly adjustment in terms of like you know looking out for like people that like of the neighborhoods and uh Hope so. i mean i don't know man it's the prices are astronomical here so i can't really imagine like 
how it would have to be a really big shift but i mean um, like you said earlier there's a duality and everything this time will come we just don't know when but yeah. it's not you can't be in one extreme forever in anything yeah no we're getting closer though i think to like something really interesting you know like yeah. like i uh i'm I'm actually kind of feeling excited talking with you guys about all this because it's getting my mind going, uh, just kind of envisioning like what's to come. <laughs> we don't know, yeah, but yeah. but uh, I'm hoping for the best. Yeah, we don't know what's coming, man. There's some stuff. There's some stuff coming. Yeah, but I we think, don't know what I, it is. I think this is a calm before the storm. Yeah, for I real, th- man. I think we're. Uh, I think we're getting ready for another shutdown, which is fucked. You know, I don't want to believe that, but I'm trying to be realistic excuse me and um i don't really you know i don't know man i i all this stuff is really hard to fathom so i I, i'm not sure like what we're in for but i know it's a long road yeah when did you um oh yeah i just lost my train of thought give me a second oh yeah when did you um stop because you know you're not as active anymore why did that happen um i mean i had to focus on tattooing and uh and uh graffiti Help me like release steam and cultivate like amazing friendships and uh express myself in like in like incredible ways um but i also needed to take a break because you know like uh in order to focus on a career i think like you gotta kind of like take a time out sometimes yeah there's a balancing act so um so i think that's the main reason plus i'm i'm older now you know uh um i'm at the point now where it's like i want to do graffiti if it's fun i'm not trying to like to make it my job anymore you know there was a time when it was a job for me it felt like that and but i still loved it like but i didn't have anything to to worry about i was like you know i was living day to day and i was you know surviving on fucking beer and deli sandwiches and you know so like like that was sick that was an amazing time for me but like i said i'm also not trying to live in the past um i will always care about graffiti i'll always do graffiti um but i think like i just have to kind of like maintain an even keel uh because it can get out of control quickly like we discussed um you know so you never know it's you know but life's unpredictable also so you have to enjoy it and uh if i'm if i'm out and my friends are popping tags i'm gonna do a tag too if people are you know if i get the urge to paint like i'm gonna go paint um but but like i said it's about fun for me now if it's if if it starts to feel like stressful or anything Mm -hmm. like it's just not worth it yeah so um with that being said it's been an hour man unless you got anything else you want to i wanted to talk about your clothing i've seen you um you you make designs and stuff, but clothing. You Thank you. Supreme. You have connections with that. What's oh, yeah, that? Yeah. What's that about? What's coming up with that? Um. Yeah, dude. I've been really fortunate. Um. I've been I've been making shirts for quite some time now. Um. Primarily, I think some of my earliest shirt designs were based around like um, just making something as like a promotional item for tattooing, and then. Um, kind of being involved in like Grateful Dead scene uh it becomes like a way to like make money when you're on the road so I was really excited to like um kind of contribute to this like history of like bootleg shirts and like and it's a it's a whole art form in itself so 
one thing led to another and um yeah been just it's just been incredible uh, i was really fortunate I, I got to do a um a design for supreme that came out um earlier this year and that was like a huge like one up for me um i really respect them and their choices and to be like involved in that story is like huge for me mm-hmm. um i'm you know I uh I definitely have a lot more stuff always I'm always working on stuff. I have a little side project called Heads Will Be Heads. It's like uh it's primarily around like the Grateful Dead like imagery. Um but it's also supposed to be like uh my vision for that as well as is is it's basically an art collective and um and I'm bringing friends in and other talent to try to kind of like cultivate something unique. So it's kind of like a passion project, and uh, and fortunately, it also um, puts money in your pocket. So like, I'm happy to like do something I really care about, and like you know, be able to kind of like thrive from. So that's that's something I'm always working on, putting shit out with heads, mm-hmm. and then um, I have other things in the works, and uh, I'm always um, taking and doing commissions when they come my way. Um, I just did a really cool mural for Vans. They opened a new skate park in Bushwick. <laughs> they brought me in as like a as like a local artist. They're trying to support like people within New York, and uh, I was chosen to do like a crazy mural for them. It was uh, it was mad fun though. It was a really large spray paint mural, basically graffiti piece, and uh, I had to use one of those cherry pickers. Yeah. My first time using one of those, it was felt sketchy as hell, but uh, but also like learn from it like shit now i can operate one of those and like i now i have another trick in my book so i can like kind of continue to expand as an artist and Mm -hmm. um shirts i'm just passionate about like the history of of the t-shirt and the and the imagery um it crosses over well with like my aesthetics as far as like tattoo did you make that this is yeah this is one of the shirts that we put out earlier this year (laughs) yeah you have some actually really cool designs because i see a lot of people on instagram you know i get all these uh sponsored ads and stuff of people trying to promote an image on a Mm t-shirt and i can't lie like a lot of it is not really that attractive you know it doesn't really look that good i don't know why but but I went on your like um you know your catalog and it looks honestly I'm not even kidding I'm down to buy some shit because they Dude, actually yeah. look pretty appealing. How could anyone um um like contact you or purchase a shirt? Um, everything's through my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a big cartel link on there mm-hmm. that's that's always active, yeah. so people can like kind of browse my stuff. I appreciate you asking about that. Um, because yeah, it's it's uh it's something I'm passionate about kind of like what we discussed in the beginning if you're doing something you care about yeah. and your intentions are pure they usually work out like that's a life lesson that like i've discovered so like like that if, if that's any advice to anyone it's like yo try, just just do what you feel go with your feelings and like just try even if you even if you're unsure people can sense the sincerity and they and and it, it usually go, goes well for you, right, I think. Man. Dude, we wish you the best with everything yeah, you're right, working right. on, man. I yeah. really hope to thrive. We hope to come visit you soon. I want to check course. it out. Man. Yeah, please, man. I, I can't thank you guys enough for taking the time to talk with me. And Yo, thank you for coming. It was coming. a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for driving out here. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. No, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to come out. And uh, yeah, please come through soon. Um, 
just reach out and and i would like you guys to come sooner than later and um, hopefully next week we can like record some stuff for the video and stuff yeah be cool yeah. i mean you guys can probably even maybe shoot some photos in the studio and like get a sense because yeah. like as we discussed it's kind of secret but like you can you, you get a good sense of mm -hmm. like kind of what what i was talking about so. sick man sure Definitely. yeah thank you very much yo thank you bro yeah thank have you, a man. great night lions